Hello and welcome to the podcast devoted entirely to the show that is The Great British Bake Off. Bake Off is back on the television, which means Susie and I have to talk outside of work, and that's always a little bit awkward. But nevertheless, we do get to take the mick out of a lot of celebrities this time, because these episodes are all about Stand Up For Cancer. I feel like I do drag you to all these really random locations now, just to record a podcast. <laughs> so this week, Susie and I have decided to make this incredibly informal, and just come down the pub. Cheers, Bria. Cheers. Susie obviously has gone for the standard wine. I've gone for <laughs> Diet Pepsi because that's how I roll. So I'm enjoying the Bake Off, Stand Up to Cancer. I think it's quite wrong if you say you're not enjoying a programme that's actually standing up for cancer. No. Yeah, um, I'm right. enjoying it, I'm not enjoying it, I think I said this last week, as much as having just random members of the public that I don't know <laughs> doing the baking. Because that's always a lot more fun and I feel like I can take the mick out of them and I don't have any like preconceived judgments against any of them. Yeah, and you also know that these like comedians and actors and celebrities don't have much experience so you kind of have to go easy on them and they're expected to be a bit shit. Definitely, yeah, they, they are there. They have not, this is not like their life goal. It's not the, the thing that's driving them to make money. It's not no. something that they don't want to go on the telly to become famous <laughs> and be the next baker and bring out a cookbook. They're already famous. They're just there for awareness, which is great, but also everything goes wrong, which it really, really did this episode again. Um, I, I've never seen so many things melt and fall down. I never have seen cakes move like that before. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, Nick Hewer, which I thoroughly enjoyed his intro of Nick Hewer from Countdown, rather than what he was most known for as being Alan Sugar's little minion. I know, that's BBC though, isn't it? Oh, Countdown's Channel 4, so he's Nick Hewer from Countdown. That's, Bloody not. That's great. He's the apprentice guy. He is. And I can imagine that he wanted to go in there, absolutely smash it, head out, just be like, the man. He wore a suit jacket, for goodness he sake, did. throughout. He did. That man meant business, and he did not succeed. He did not deliver at all. <laughs> yeah, Nick did turn up uh, in a suit. I feel like seeing Nick in anything other than a suit would be very weird. It's like Harry Hill when he came on with his big collar and his suit. If you yeah. saw him just turn up in, like, a you know, roll neck jumper and uh, some chinos, <laughs> like cash. Harry. Yeah, come on. Yeah, but put an apron over a suit jacket and you just end up looking bunched up like a really formal sausage. <laughs> that might have been his problem, to be honest. His baking didn't go as yeah. planned because actually he couldn't move his arms no. higher than like a T-Rex position. He didn't have the desired rotation no. to create a good bake. And you need a lot of rotation when baking, yes. I've heard. I've heard that also. Stacey Solomon was also on this week. I actually love Stacey. I wish I could do an impression of her because her voice is wonderful and I just wish I could do it. You could try. I mean, I could try, but I'd probably, like, offend all of Essex. I'll, I'll, I've written a few quotes down of her, so I'll give it a go later. OK. All right. <laughs> we will look forward to that. Stacey also was introduced in a fun way uh, as a loose woman, which, you know, every, everyone understands there's a show called Loose Women, but actually, maybe if this was your first time with television, OK, right, we're being very open on Channel 4 about what kind of personal life she has. Yeah, she's, she was great, and I, I don't know what I expected from her. I haven't seen a lot of stuff with Stacey Solomon in. I no. think I've just seen, you know, the surface version that she puts across. You know, a bit ditzy, fun, friendly, but she's got a killer wit on her. Oh, she, she does. Was, she was great. I enjoyed the bit where she said, uh, if you ever need a uh, unicorn crock and boosh, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, Perry Kylie from Diversity. 
who is the, still the tallest child I've ever seen in my life. Yes, he is still the young lad from diversity. Yeah. Just someone's like stretched him. Pretty much, he hasn't changed his look since no, then. They did uh, make reference to his signature hairstyle, which yeah, fine. I must admit though, I, I did think about not health and safety necessarily, but I, I that hair is going in some high, Hygiene issue. Where's the hair nips? Do you think they suggested a hairnet to him and he said, I'm not going on if I have to hide the hair? Yes. I was watching it with my boyfriend last night and he was like, what is he trying to hide underneath that hair? <laughs> and he came to the conclusion that maybe it's just another small head. <laughs> so, well, you know, when, when you get lots of uh, children, maybe pile them on top of each other and under a rain mat, <laughs> yeah. maybe it's several small kids and then he's a small kid on top with the hair. But that's where diversity lived, just under the rest <laughs> of his clothes. Yeah. And they all wanted to be on it. They did, yeah. As a group. Doing that backflip must have been a logistical nightmare. Health and safety forms would have been filled out for him to do a backflip. That's why I did too. They wanted to get the most out of the risk assessment. That's what happened. But he was actually quite good at baking. I was impressed. I was very impressed. Yeah. He won all three of those, right? I think so, yeah. I think Which makes him all. probably the best baker in the celebrity version, but also the best baker throughout Bake Has anyone ever won all three? I mean, Ian, characters? in the actual last series, he was winning pretty much Star Baker every week. But is he 18 years old and a dance prodigy? We do not know of uh, Ian's <laughs> past life, but he could have been. been. When I was writing out the list of actually who was on the show this week, I just I was like, who is the fourth one? Is it comedian? I was thinking it was, was it Joe Lysett? No. no. It was Ricky Wilson. But I'm sorry, Ricky. Oh, you were rockstar. Rockstar, Ricky, Ricky Wilson. Wilson from the Kaiser Chiefs, who haven't bought a song out for a long, long time. Oh, I said to Prue, "Do you know who he is?" And she's like, "Nah, absolutely no idea." She, she has no idea who any of those people she's are. Too at busy all. hanging out. She with knows Camilla. who Nick Hewer is. Yes, she's got a poster of Nick Hewer in her bedroom, probably above the headboard. <laughs> That's probably where it is, or on the ceiling. Poor Ricky. I mean, he was a lovely man and uh, was entertaining, but I'm sorry, quite forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I briefly glanced at his work, but I can't really recall. <laughs> I briefly glanced at the Kaiser Chiefs album. <laughs> but at the, but the end of the episode, I mean, when they were talking about who might win and he was a genuine contender, I couldn't remember anything he's made throughout it. Sorry, Ricky. Never mind. Shall we head into the bakes this yes, week? Let's. The first one, they're, they're going easy on them, aren't they? Of it's they essentially are. make a sponge cake, make a biscuit. Like it's, it's like it's that. home economics. It is, essentially. So this week for the signature bake, they had to make 12 mini scones and they had to have an accompaniment as well. I always like when they have to give them extra work to give them like a sauce <laughs> or something. Um, that's always fun. And then they make their own jam? Yes, Perry did make his own jam. That was quite. That's what right I out there. Yeah, yeah. The rest of them had a, you know, kind of a standard mix, except Ricky, and this is probably the only thing I can think of that he made in this episode, um, was wholemeal seaweed flavoured scones. Yes, it sounded crazy. He had a mate who did something with seaweed. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say made seaweed, yeah. grew seaweed. His friend forages for seaweed. There we go. Is this what happens when you're a rock star and your life is so exciting, you have to hang out with people who have sort of like, <laughs> Not boring, but very everyday humdrum lives. Do you think his friend just is some guy who walks along the beach listening to Kaiser Chiefs in his yeah. headphones, picking up bits of seaweed and going, Ricky Wilson will need this one day. <laughs> one day. And then he just sends it to Ricky in the post and Ricky thinks, right, 
I've got a use for all that seaweed <laughs> we've been keeping now in the basement. Yeah. I like that in the criticism of his seaweed, though, someone said it was quite dry. <laughs> that made me happy. Yes. <laughs> and then he did, his accompaniment was an anchovy butter. Anchovy doesn't make anything good. No, I can imagine the whole thing was quite salty. Mm. But they seem to really like it, and I mean, it's out there. I think Prue was into it. But complete opposite end of the spectrum, Perry, um, who did make his own jam, he made the only sweet scones. And it was white chocolate and raspberry, which I think is like a flavour that is just sort of universally enjoyable at the moment. Mm. Yeah, it's like chocolate and salted caramel scones. If someone had done that, mm. I'd be like, that's just, that's just 2018 right there <laughs> in a scone. So yeah, I wasn't too impressed by that. I was more impressed by Ricky's weird flavour combination. He took a risk. The risk paid off. He did. But didn't win. Who, who had the worst scones? Well, I call them scones, by the way. None of this scone, scone business. I know. Who says yeah, scone? I don't even think the Queen says scone. Scone. Yeah. Nick did a standard cheese and chive, which is sort of my nan's recipe. Okay. She would do that. That's the most appetising for me. Yeah. I like a savoury one. Yeah, but then Stacey just literally went completely out there, followed her nan's recipe, <laughs> and created blueberry and lemonade scones, which yeah. sound cool. That sounds but good. But when she was explaining it to them, it sounded like it would be an absolute shit show. <laughs> yeah. Well, and she sounded like she knew it. But I'm, I'm pleased that she cracked on and did it anyway. She did. But she had triangular scones and they, they weren't really they keen didn't. on that. They made a, deal, a big deal out of it. Like, Stacey is the only one to not make a round scone. Well, you know, that's not really a scone, is it? You never see a scone in a different shape. What a great British shape-off. My favourite bit with Stacey was... It sounds very me actually she couldn't work the oven so I think in a bit of a panic she'd put the oven on the wrong setting or a bit late and it was still heating up and so she completely panicked and thought I need to start again and yeah. there was like eight minutes left and she had dry <laughs> ingredients in a bowl through and Noel were sort of stood there next to her going I don't know how to help you with this because it takes 20 minutes to bake and you haven't even yeah, put it in we yet. can't change time. Yeah and the best bit of the whole thing which is so me again she just takes a step back and goes, oh, actually, the scones that I left in the oven to cook that weren't cooking when I literally just put them in have now cooked and they're fine. <laughs> so she just puts the whole bowl of the, the rest of the second attempt to the one side and it says, oh, you know, I'm actually using the first batch. Yeah, which turned out fine. Yeah, maybe there was no drama going down in the scone challenge and the <laughs> producers thought someone needs to do something. Yeah, let's create the um, drama. So they panic Stacey by turning off her oven or keeping it too low. <laughs> Do you think they've got someone there who's in charge of sabotaging things? Just like the, the maverick producer. Yeah, that's what he who's is. there in a black cloak and a mask. Like a, some kind of anti-baked ninja who just rolls in and yeah, breaks things. Definitely. Yeah, when they're too busy doing the interview. They're doing the interview, the really touching emotional thing. Please donate to Stand Up For Cancer. It's really going to benefit the work of all the scientists trying to find a cure for cancer. And meanwhile, a production intern scrambling <laughs> around on the floor trying to turn off an oven. If it was buttercream in. Yeah, yeah. Spitting in stuff. I know. Martin Kemp knew what he was doing. He just, <laughs> was just an intern putting in the, the buttercream in the oven. always blame the intern. Yeah, they do. I feel like Noel and Sandy have actually had quite a good rapport. Yeah. Is that the word? This season. A bit more than they did the first time. I think they were still mm. trying to get into the groove, get to know each other. I feel like they've hung out in, in their personal lives together a bit more in between yeah. the series and become real good friends. I think they've found a shared sense of humour which is a little off the wall and more off the wall than we're used to in Bake Off. So I still watch them with amazement when they, they do something like some little puppet skit yeah, in puppet the middle skit. of it. Yeah. And I just 
I think they turn up for filming and on the morning they go, what are we going to do? That's it. Everyone and else just is come baking. up with some random nonsense yeah. and it's incredible. Two hours, the, the things are baking. What are they going to do to fill the time? You know, yeah. pretend to be a puppet. I'd love to see Sandy on the Mighty Boosh though. That would <laughs> be bring great. that back. I don't think Sandy's had a chance to be weird for a while. So I think, imagine Noel's bringing out... Bringing out Sandy's weirdness. Yeah, I mean, Sandy... <laughs> yeah, Sandy had to act quite normally when she was filling Stephen Fry's shoes. Mm. She had to actually... A child, small child agrees with my <laughs> statement in the background of this pub. Um, but yeah, Sandy was filling some big shoes of Stephen Fry and had to be, you know, the best host, you know, a worthy replacement for him yeah. on QI. And now she's like, okay, I did that. That's fine. People like me. I can be the yeah. real me. Let the hair down. Just fun. Scones, all in all, they were all okay. The yeah. main issue was that they didn't really look very uniform, but everyone managed to produce some scones that were edible. Unlike the rest of the challenges, where there was quite a lot of things that went wrong. They all failed spectacularly and it was wonderful to watch. It was. I mean, the technical, have you ever heard of a devil's food cake before? I can, I can imagine, well, I could have imagined what it was. When they said it, I just thought something rich and sumptuous. Mm. But I'd never seen one or eaten one. No. Yeah, the cake was essentially black looking. Mm. It, it did. Do, do you think they get a photograph? like a picture of what it's supposed to look like at the end because I was rather impressed by their efforts with the shards of chocolate and the gold spray. Yeah, or they're just yeah, having to Google on their own 4G in the back of the tent <laughs> yeah. just to see what it looks like. I'm sure Paul would have brought out his beautifully presented one that he made for Prue. I hope and so. Said, this is what it's meant to look like, try mine and then try yours. Because I'd love to see it if they just got the recipe and no idea about how it should potentially be presented. Yeah. I've never, I never heard of one before no. at all. I, I mean, want to eat one now, though. So do I. I mean, it looked, it looked more chocolatey than a chocolate cake. Yeah. There was like three layers. There was ganache, which ganache. Perry really wanted to say. Uh, ganache. <laughs> and he did have the opportunity, which, you know, fine. So three layers with a ganache in the middle. And then, yeah, the chocolate shards. You, that looked cool. Mm. But I was really surprised how no one managed to actually artistically make chocolate shards. They all just looked a bit like <laughs> just a very, very tiny... Yeah. Triangles. I guess the instructions weren't very good, but they weren't dramatic and they were sort of just put around the outside. They really like bathed it in the gold spray. They did. Perry was really excited about that. Yeah. He said, it's my graffiti moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit hairspray-like, yeah. isn't it? Like a kid, someone having their first shave. Just like really go for it with the spray. Yeah, go for it. I really enjoyed Stacey spraying the gold spray into Noel's mouth. <laughs> that bit actually made me laugh out loud. What does it taste like? Just gold, just gold. Richness, richness and it's just paint isn't it really yeah, I mean, it's just paint it's, it doesn't meant to hopefully have a flavor. paint yeah well <laughs> otherwise we've just seen a lot That's of what Noel has for breakfast day in day out you're probably just on his cornflakes to give him a bit of pizzazz yeah or like one of those people in the street that just stand there really still yes if all fails for Noel he could just be like a, a street, a street performer. performer yeah he probably has been Probably. And will again. I was going to say streetwalker, but that's probably <laughs> that's, a completely different that's thing. That's a different thing. More yeah. of Stacey. Oh. Okay. It's not really a woman, it's a programme. As I said earlier, one of my favourite things about this was when um, they didn't know how long to put the cakes in the oven for. Mm. So they were just in there going, oh, should I take it out now? I haven't put my cake in yet. You know, yeah. How long is it meant to be in there? And then you've got to leave it to cool afterwards because the ganache won't set. Yeah. And that's when you get slidey cakes. Yep. Or my favourite quote of the entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> Was it Nick's where Prue Leith said, 
I don't think it's ever going to set. <laughs> yeah. That was the best. That was so dry and so perfect. Just wonderfully and cutting. That cake is still sitting somewhere now, not setting. Mm. Nikki was mantelpiece with the awards, probably. Yeah, just with his like business degree, <laughs> and then this cake next to it. Do you think Alan Sugar rang him up? Rang him up afterwards, like in disgust. Probably. Do you think they're still friends? I hope so. Do you think Nick did leave to, to start his own television career? I mean, where did Margaret go? I know exactly where Margaret went. Where weirdly. is Margaret, Susie? I think Margaret left so she could pursue a uh, MA or a PhD in Egyptology. What? Or some, something to do with that. She went to pursue okay. more education for her own sake. Well, good for Margaret, but that's really not what I was thinking. Yeah, it's because Margaret's not a media whore. Nick is. It's just a great moment when they go up and put their bait behind their photo. Mm. And, you know, Prue and Paul apparently can't see through the little card of whose photo it is, but I'm pretty sure they can. <laughs> of course they can. Of course. Uh, you can tell by their reactions anyway, because <laughs> when they're trying it, the person whose cake it is is going, oh, God, so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, don't eat it. Uh, um, much like Nick was doing. His cake's still oh, wobbling about there. Um, the, my favourite thing is that Prue went, it looks like a cow pat. <laughs> Which is not good no. at all. She's right. She is right. Get a moving cow pad. Yeah. The worst bit though is when Paul cut into it and said, look, there's still cake batter in the, in the middle that wasn't mixed in. Oh, it, it was just like awful. white cake batter. It was yeah. the worst thing. Mm. But he blamed it all on being elderly. Yeah, but that, that's no, no excuse, Nick. You know, when to, you know how to mix stuff in. Yeah. He's a businessman though. He's used to getting out of scrapes. The showstopper this week, I was so confused by because croque and bouche they always bring that up they always do that in the regular bake-off i get confused with croque and bouche and croque monsieur which is like a <coughs> ham and cheese toasting so i was uh sitting on my head down they said croque and bouche and i looked up straight away and i was like finally a savory thing <laughs> And yeah. then I saw what they meant and thought, God. shit. Essentially, it's a big towel made out of profiteroles. Mm. Um, but then the bit that confused me is that Noel was like, the croque and bouche needs to be made in your likeness. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like some sort of self-portrait. If Marge Simpson had been on it, we'd have been fine. Yeah, that is fine. But trying to make a profiterole <laughs> tower look like a person, let alone yourself, mm. that's pretty difficult. That's difficult. But I'm glad that some people went a bit outside the box and thought, let's make it like my personality. Because mm. you just because you've got a lot of more room for movement there. Definitely. And your personality can be a cardboard cone with shit dripping off it. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you wanted if to, you, that would be the easy you way out. If yourself, then yeah. great, it works out fine. <laughs> um, but Perry was the only one that sort of took it literally. He did make himself out of a profiterole with sponge sugar Bloody hair. good. I loved it. It was really, really good. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't mean sort of a cone thing then. Maybe you could just do a sculpture because his wasn't in the shape of a cone. He made a chair. I think they, some people maybe went too traditional with it, with the cone. Yeah. Didn't work though, did it? It didn't. <laughs> it mean, was terrible. Ricky, I mean, your seaweed thing at the beginning was good. Mm. I don't remember what your cake looked like in the middle. But what I do remember is this, like, very solid microphone so how did it look in the end? Because I must admit that was a part that I was just listening to. Yeah. Because I heard his original description of it. Which sounds good. But I thought, obviously, the cone exists for a reason. Upside down cone. Physics. Yeah. He knew that. You'd think as a rock star he knew <laughs> physics. Um, but yeah, he had the upside down cone and then a mass of profiteroles on the top. Okay. So instead of it sort of having like a, you know, the slender bit you hold of the microphone mm. and then and then the top 
round bit. You can tell I work in radio. <laughs> the round bit and the slender bit of the microphone. Uh, but it didn't look like that. It was just sort of a mass. Like it was just one big blob at the top. That's Not right. even like an Almost ice cream like a, like a beehive. Yes, yeah, like <laughs> okay. a beehive. So it, di it didn't look great. And he had a big sort of fondant cable coming out the back of it, which, you know, just to make it look a bit more like a microphone, it's just a blob of profiteroles. I'm sure it tasted good. So if you had to rate them from best to worst? I do want to put Nick just at the top because I, get, I felt so sorry <laughs> for him, but it was so funny. Just the way he was guessing all of it. He used 23 eggs, 23. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I don't know, they probably had to send the intern out to get more eggs. Yes. Nick's used seven more, you put your running shoes on. She's got a chicken there on standby, yeah. just in go, case. Go, Nick needs more. Um, yes. And no one helped, well, I'm saying no one helped him. Probably a lot of people helped him. It still went that bad. That was the issue, the help was the issue. He originally made his batter or dough or whatever it is. Um, and Paul Hollywood came around and said, Nick, you've actually scrambled your eggs. So it was yeah. scrambled eggs, but with just some sugar or something oh. as well. It looked horrible. Um, so he's trying to shove it in a piping bag all enthusiastically when Paul <laughs> comes around and goes, actually, you made breakfast rather than a crock and bouche. Um, so he tries to obviously go, right, okay, I've got to start again. Starts it again, but over, like puts too much egg in this time. And it comes out really, really runny. It was like pancake batter. It was batter. horrible to watch. Mm. Horrible to it watch. It was. Bless him. You could see all of his credibility draining yeah. from his eyes. There, there was panic there. <laughs> because this crock and bouche was meant to be a celebration of Countdown and the show, <laughs> was that so was wonderful. It's insulting to the memory of Richard Whiteley. Yeah. It's insulting to the institution that is Countdown and the channel that you're currently on. And he did air <laughs> his fear that the series wouldn't be renewed. His yeah. contract would end And that's right a there. British institution. It is. And they probably would end the contract based on yeah. that. They did say that he had made Yorkshire puddings, <laughs> yes. but really bad Yorkshire puddings. That wasn't a compliment. He didn't just go, oh, I've accidentally made Yorkshire puddings and it's great. I just remember there was a close-up of him piping it out onto the baking tray. And it was just like a dog turd just slowly <laughs> happening and spreading out, but yellow. Oh, oh, that bit did make me properly <laughs> laugh out loud when I'm he like, was... I've done it this time. Yeah, no. piping bag sort of under his arm like a bagpipe, pushing it into just, as he said, you can't fill a biscuit. It's true. <laughs> but he tried. And as you said, he, he managed to get it in one of them, starts piping, and you could just see it squirting out underneath oh, the wire rack onto the table. So it just bad. didn't work. My, my favourite quote from, from the episode happened at the beginning of this task, yeah. by the way. So when Noel and Sandy were explaining what had to happen, and maybe this appeals to my weird sense of humour, but Noel said, your shoe must be filled. And you could tell that he was not thinking about shoe buns or shoe pastry. He was just thinking about a shoe being Jeez, filled. And he was saw a little smirk on his face where he was thinking, what could the shoe be filled with? Fish? <laughs> Baileys? It's because there's a bit from the Mighty Boosh where he's old Greg. He's, I drink Baileys from a shoe. <laughs> just he, made me think of that. He definitely he thought definitely that too. Thought of that. He there knew. Was a glimmer. There was a glimmer of something. So yeah, your shoe must be filled. Uh, have a second favourite quote. Of course. Which was from Nick Hewer about his eggs always and he said uh, beating relentlessly is not for the elderly <laughs> yes i heard that too he's a filth monger oh, he <laughs> yeah. margaret didn't get away because of egyptology <laughs> it was nick's filthy advances definitely i've also written on my lovely notes unicorn equals mental so stacy how did you feel about stacy's work <laughs> uh... 
when she said what it was going to be in the first place and how if you cut her open, she would be unicorns and rainbows and glitter. And they showed the beautiful, showed the beautiful illustration of how it was going to look. Those illustrations are a piss take, by the way, because you'll see the perfect version of what someone's supposed to come out with and then you end up with some dripping cone mess. Yeah, you can never put them side by side. That's why in separate parts of the episode, there's the drawing, because they started that at the I'd, beginning. I'd love to do a, a, a side by side comparison of what it was supposed to look like based on how it did look, because the illustration, I thought, yeah, that, that could work. It had butterflies on it, it looked gorgeous, and in the end, oh Christ. But do you know, the, the, my favourite thing is, someone's job is to ring up Stacey Solomon and go, hey Stacey, so um, the Showstopper Challenge is going to be creating a crock and bouche in the likeness of you, so what's your idea? And she's like, well, I'm not going to do it. Uh, well, um, I... I want to do it, but I have a cold. Okay, well you can try. Do you want to try now? <laughs> no. I have to do the... Stacey? No, that's the Essex. And she went... Imagine a world without unicorns. <laughs> and Noel was like, yeah, imagine. We are in a world without unicorns. Ruined our life. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> great impression. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, someone has to ring up Stacey Solomon and go, so what's your idea going to be? And she's like, well, I want to make a cake uh, all about rainbows and unicorns, and it's going to have uh, butterflies on, and I'm going to use that kid's icing in the little tube, and it's going to be pink, and I'm going to put this here, and glitter and sprinkles and all of that. Someone's got to write that down and then call up the illustrator and be like, hey, Bob, um, I've just got the uh, Stacey Solomon's uh, design back. Uh, could you draw a unicorn crock and bouche with 74 profiteroles, stick on butterflies? Like, he has to sit there, write this all down and go, for God's sake, what is this job? Yeah, I think it's more exciting than that. Mm -hmm. I feel like they tape all the bakes. Yeah. They get a still photo of the end result from every person's bake. Oh, so it doesn't Send happen before the illustrator. So this poor illustrator has got how many people? Four? Four. Yeah. Really shit, melty pictures of stuff <laughs> and has to imagine what they might have looked like if they were decent. Yeah, that, that probably makes make a lot of sense. Perfect. Rather than an audio description over the phone of what they would be. When Stacey, because, you know, I illustrate things, and when yeah. Stacey was explaining it was going to be a unicorn, I had no fucking clue what she was attempting to do at all. Not at all. But then it was just one massive horn. It's a rhino isn't with that, Isn't that Nick Hewer's autobiography? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Stacey's bake, I was impressed, but it did look like crazy mum doing the bake sale. Yep. Or help get the kids involved with cooking dinner one night you know you sort of leave them with the cake for like five minutes while you dash off to the toilet or something yeah. for five minutes um, and then uh, come back and actually all hell's broken loose and they've got the icing pens out and the glitter from the yeah. art box and it's just all gone yeah someone's put an ice cream cone on the top of the cake because that's essentially what she did <laughs> and it just kept falling ever so slightly sideways it did but she, you know, she has a very good attitude. They all did, like, even in the face of adversity, yes. even Nick. If I was Nick, I would have just cried. <laughs> just cried for a, a good couple of hours. I think he probably did when he went home. the shame. Nick Hewer doesn't cry. No? No. It's like Chuck Norris. He's <laughs> I think yeah. Nick Hewer goes home after a long, hard day, keeps his suit on, sleeps standing up with his eyes open, and then goes into the office the next day. I think so. Fresh as a daisy, ready for countdown. I've got some band names from this as well. Just of course so you, know. you do. The band name thing I think is going to continue because we can't have a conversation without coming up with band names. So what, <laughs> did, what did you find? Well, they're both chocolate-based. Yeah. 
So I have chocolate eclairs for legs. Lovely. And also my chocolate rainbow. It's a bit like my chemical romance, but <laughs> but cheerier. probably a more fun version. <laughs> yeah, more family friendly. <laughs> Overall, Perry did win. Deservedly so. He is a deserved winner. His, uh, his creativity did come out when he did the barber's chair at the end with the hair. I mean, yeah. that was good. The rest, it was kind of like, all right, teacher's pet, we know you can bake. <laughs> we want you to see, well, we want to see you rather do something that screws everything all up. But he's clearly a very creative individual and I think he, he deserved to win. And is there a final of this? I don't think so. I don't see, know. that's a shame. I'd like to see him be, you know, king of bakes. King of bakes. <gasps> I did actually write Perry the King. <laughs> You actually have. I've just okay, seen it on your notes. I was, I was very proud of him. Yeah. I think it's because he's a young man succeeding. Well, there's three young men in that, in that coat. <laughs> yeah, three young men succeeding. He should have the prize taken away from him because he's made of so many dances. Maybe just like, like Mean Girls at the end where she hands out the tiara but to everyone by breaking it up into small pieces. They should just do that with the apron that he won of the Great British Bake Off and <laughs> hand it out between the rest of diversity. <laughs> Susie, thanks for coming on again. You're very, very welcome. Baking friend. That sounds lame. Thank you. That sounds really lame. I thought you were going to go for baking guru or baking connoisseur. Or... Friend. That's what my mum does. If I ever talk to my mum on the phone about a boy, oh. even at the age of 24, my mum's like, oh, is he your friend? Or refers to them as your friend. It doesn't just say, like, Bob or whoever it is. My mum says, are you close? <laughs> No, you don't want to know how close mum goes. No, mum, no, we don't. <laughs> no. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so I'm your baking friend, and I'm proud, proud and privileged to be here. Pretty good. Thank you. Good. I'm pleased that we did the sound the pub this week. Yes. Uh, we've had some nice ambient sounds, and uh, they play soul music in here quite oh, a lot. That's, that's good. That's a good accompaniment. Soul music and children soul crying. Food. Children crying. Children saying yes to my points. <laughs> it's all gone well. <laughs> Just did it again. Yeah. He's enjoyed my podcast. Or, uh, <laughs> can't tell it that age. Um, and they're very far away. Uh, so thank you for coming on again, Susie. Thank you. Uh, chatting about the baker. Back this time next week? Yeah. Why not? Got nothing else to do.